0: Empire. the maturation of betting content continues
1: how we program things um, for the fans that we know and the fans that we know are betting customers that we have we have the biggest horse racing betting database in the country from an online perspective We have the biggest uh, sports betting database in the country from, you know, from the FanDuel standpoint.
0: That's Kevin Grigsby, Senior Vice President of Television at FanDuel, where finding the right balance for bettors of all levels is the goal. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. FanDuel's network is formerly known as TVG. So Kevin Grigsby has a ton of experience producing live and curated gambling-focused content, the vast majority of which was around horse racing. But now with FanDuel as the parent partner, they're going broader. And this conversation leaned into the future of what sports content will be. Our guest this week is Kevin Grigsby. He's the senior vice president of TV at FanDuel and executive content producer at FanDuel's pair of Television Ventures, FanDuel TV, which is formerly known as the TVG Network, and FanDuel Plus. Let's get into modern content production with sports gambling in mind. Hey, Kevin, how are you?
1: Hey, Bram. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Okay. Let's talk about what's going on here in the here and now in the news of what's happening with FanDuel, which is you're now used to be TVG. It's FanDuel. You just hired Kay Adams, who's a major prominent host off of the NFL network to be kind of a lead host at FanDuel. Kind of take me through the maturation of what you guys are trying to build right now.
1: Yeah, so on September 1st, about a month ago, we we, uh, we flipped TVG, which was the all-horse racing network, uh, 24-7, uh, 100% horse racing, uh, always showing horse races from around the world. Uh, on September 1st, we flipped uh, the TVG television network to FanDuel TV. Uh, we changed the brand uh, from TVG to FanDuel uh, because of the strength of the FanDuel brand and because of uh, sports betting uh, being legalized in the country and how it's scaling across uh by state state by state um we just found that that was a, a more favorable position for us from a content perspective and in doing so in flipping the brand from tvg to fanduel uh, we're diversifying our programming wheel uh to be uh, not 100 percent horse racing anymore it's gonna be less uh and uh we are building the programming wheel uh, as we speak k adams uh now uh stars in a monday through friday show for us uh called up and Adams uh, at 11 o'clock eastern um, in the morning Um, that's just one content offering that we have that is diversifying our programming wheel.
0: Okay, cool. Um, let's talk about your background a little bit. We've talked about TVG. Obviously you have been in the business of producing content that has been gambling oriented for a very long time. So can you kind of take me through what your experience has been with producing content that is gambling oriented to now in this new space where it's open and you can talk about general sports gambling.
1: Yeah. So I, Look, I was producing news and sports in Los Angeles at a network called KTLA Channel 5. I was doing Dodger games and Clipper games. Uh, I was doing uh, news at 10. Uh, that, that was my job before uh, the horse racing network uh, was beginning to launch, uh, and that was TVG, and that was 23 years ago. Um, and at the time, when I was doing that local news here in L.A., uh, I was someone that was very interested in sports betting. Um, and I would occasionally go to the horse races, and, and and purely from a betting standpoint, that's why I went to the horse races. And so I, I found um, sports betting and, and horse racing betting to be really interesting to me, and I wanted to get into it a little bit more. Um, and that's why I made the jump from local news to TVG to help start the network. Now, at the time, in, you know, in 1999, when I made that jump, I, I thought legalization of sports betting was going to be around the corner. I was about 20 years too early. <laughs> and so I've had to, I have had to work at TVG yeah. for uh, all the way up until 2018, until uh, the the US Supreme Court uh, legalized sports betting at a state by state level. And so for 20 years, I, I, I worked at TVG as a producer and senior producer, vice president of programming, and then eventually executive producer. And then FanDuel came into our world in 2018 when our parent company bought them. Um, we started diversifying our programming wheel a little bit then with a with a show called More Ways to Win with Lisa Kearney, who yep. was on Sports Center for many years, and uh, but essentially we just kept leaning into the horse racing uh, uh, way of things, and and you know not, now that you know I'm two decades into my experience here, uh, I, I was in a position to pitch this company the FanDuel TV philosophy, and and uh, about a year ago they finally said yes, let's do it, and so we've worked on in this for the last year and. And here we are. We're off and
0: running. Let's talk about modern fans. Um, Obviously, um, you know, I've spoken to you in the past. You know, I'm into horse racing and I was uh, someone who watched uh, TVG for a long time. I'm the type of person, though, that was watching it literally for the gambling information and literally to stay interacted that way. Um, As we get into broader sports, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, some of the things that you'll be covering with this venture Um, how do you see appealing to fans who do want to gamble and the fans that are not necessarily in it just for that part of it?
1: Yeah, so I I would answer that question. Well, you asked two different questions, so let me answer them both. First and foremost, how we program things um, for the fans that we know. And the fans that we know are betting customers that we have. We have the biggest horse racing betting database in the country from an online perspective. We have the biggest uh, sports betting database in the country from you know, from the FanDuel standpoint. We know what drives those customers. We, we, we are able to touch those customers each and every day and ask them what they want, and we listen to what they want. Uh, we, we ask them what moves the needle in regards to their wagering activity, um, what gets them to make the jump, what gets them to make more jumps, what gets them to make bigger jumps. And essentially, I take that feedback and I, I, I form our programming philosophy around that intel. Um, so I, I do a lot of our programming based on what our customers want. Because our customers are our viewers, and and, and obviously if I could talk to them and, and, and keep them in, in our ecosystem, it's just a, it's a phenomenal flywheel effect. Now for the general fans, to your question, how do I appeal to the general fans? Look, if I'm appealing to a, a, a database of 13 million, you know, subscribed betters, which FanDuel and TVG has collectively, Um, I think I'm I'm appealing to a a wider group of sports fans that are out there. I I think people want to engage more in sports. um, And if wagering can be that engagement trigger, that's something that I think we're well positioned to turn around and do. Um, Look, I I can equivocally tell you, uh, Bram, when you are announcing uh, the the, the Washington Commanders games and you're doing the play-by-play, people are listening to you and watching those games on not FanDuel TV. I get that. But there are some times of the day and days of the week in which the share of voice from a gambling perspective comes my way Um, i identify those times and i try to engage them and then when they go and they leave my ecosystem to go watch games on amazon or nbc or espn or fox or CBS, yeah i I hope they're, they're they're making those betting transactions by way of how i told them to uh when they were watching us during the week
0: okay um tell me a little bit about if you can be specific what do the fans tell you they want? You said you're listening to them and you're programming because of it. So, what do they want?
1: Yeah. So, look, I, I think first and foremost they just want a little bit of an awareness uh, of what's going on. I mean, I can I can sit here and, and, and get into the minutia and the granularities of things. And you have your whales out there. You have you have your guys that, that are you know you know hedging both sides or trying to arbitrage their bets, just trying to make three or four percent on each side. You know, I get that. There's there's people out there that want to do that, and they're always looking for some statistical or or data centric trends for them to to lay their money in a way that that gets them a little bit of an edge. But look, a lot of our customers and a lot of people out there, they don't go that deep into it, right? And and by the way, I love we love those customers, those high value play everyday customers. We love those guys, and we want to you know we we want to keep them as customers uh, forever. Uh, but we feel that that you know there's opportunity to hit the sideline spectators people yeah. out there that are casual betters, and and the first thing, you know the first thing is top of mind for us from a programming perspective we just have to make them aware uh, of what's going on hey look the Thursday night game is this and you can bet this game you know while watching it you know a simple play here, here's the, the money line uh, for that game here's the spread here's the total try to explain the total to them if you're into a specific player and you play daily fantasy and you're used to having players try to perform on an individual basis, we do have individual player props. And we try to get into that from, from a narrative perspective. But, you know, if you're looking for me, you know, there's a lot of entities out there that really go deep into sports betting. We're not those people, uh, not yet, um, not with the majority of our programming, because we do feel there's a lot of people out there that are new to sports betting. And we yeah. just sort of want to ease that entry point into it more than anything else by giving them something that's not too complicated.
0: Yeah. I think that's what I was most curious about clearly with FanDuel as a brand. um, Here's something that's been extremely appealing to a large swatch of fans based mainly on fantasy sports for a very long time. And now we're integrating sports gambling. And here you are as an expert in terms of producing content that was literally based around gambling It's an interesting space that you're in to try to toggle. Like, where do you find the sweet spot of what you're trying to deliver to appease everybody here?
1: Yeah, and look, it's that sweet spot that you talk about. That's why I left that job from KTLA 23 years ago. (laughs) Finally, here, that sweet spot, right? Yeah. Um. You know, how how do I find that sweet spot? It's a it's a little bit of test and learn. It's a little bit of doing what what what. I see uh, in regards to, to ratings um, and, and viewership consumption and, and how people watch and when they watch and when they leave. And then looking back and seeing, all right, what did I do there that I lost, you know, 25,000 viewers? And, you know, what did I do there that kept those those 50,000 viewers from, from changing the channel or, or jumping off the platform? Um, you know, so it's a little bit of a mix between data, it's a little bit of gut, a little bit of historical, you know, Uh, context that I've that I've gained over the last 20 years in in doing this with the gambling programming with TV and horse racing, Um, you know, but, you know, additionally, there's 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 trusted people whose opinions uh, I really value within this this company, whether it's on the TVG side or on the Fanduel slot side or, you know, even our parent company, global uh, betting company Flutter, which owns Betfair and Patty Power and and Sportsbet global betting leaders in other countries. A lot of learnings. I, I pull a lot of books off the shelf, and I, I ask, you know, people who have experience in this space how it's worked in other parts of the of, of the world uh, to try to form my opinions about what I think is best. And then when we go and try what we think is best, we're really good at failing fast, or really good at doubling down if we see success.
0: This episode is brought to you by Chalk and Dog, which brings together the vast experience and expertise of two of the brightest agencies in media, sports, wagering, and gaming. With deep roots in the UK and the US, the agency offers expert guidance in everything from market entry to market expansion for startups as well as established global brands powered by best-in-class communication and creative experts. Chalk and Dog has vast international experience and delivers results-oriented tailor-made solutions for B2B and B2C organizations. Let me ask you about the two-screen experience because I'm sure it must really be wheelhouse for what you guys are trying to build. For years and years, I've been, as I said earlier, a customer of TVG. I would bet through the app. I might watch the races on television because it's a bigger screen, but I'm interacting in multiple ways with TVG. Um, FanDuel seems to offer a variety of opportunities to interact with what you're watching potentially on a big screen to what is in your hand and on your phone. And how are you guys thinking about marrying the content with the gaming, fantasy, gambling aspect of the modern sports experience?
1: Yeah, so uh, great question. And I, I love when people ask me this. Look, for for many years, Graham, I, I was called the TV guy um, just at this company. I'm the TV guy. I'm the TV guy. I'm the TV guy. Um, you know, over the last four or five years, I, I've sort of asked people to drop that title of mine and, and, and that sort of that, that tag, because I, I'm actually a believer in the entire video spectrum. Um, and that video spectrum includes linear TV that you see on cable and satellite, but it also involves being on streaming services like YouTube and Hulu and DirecTV Stream and Fubo. Um, it goes as far as being on over-the-top platforms like we are with Vandal Plus on, on Apple, uh, Amazon, and Roku. And, and it goes on to digital and social platforms as well, which is something that we do uh, every single day. We cut up our content and we place it onto digital and social platforms. And then eventually, uh, you know, once once our product team is done building a, a, a betting app um, that serves, uh, you know, millions and millions of betting customers and, and it's an always on proposition for them in that, you know, we have state launches all the time. And so the product team needs to make sure that we're ready on day one for a state launch. At some point in time, um, we're going to be ready to be able to integrate content into the betting platform. It is on the roadmap. It is something we're taking seriously. It's something I'm planning to do, um, and we're talking about to have a little bit of a, you know, a triangle next to each market on on the betting app for you to be able to consume a 30, 45 second, 60 second preview of, of said uh, game. You know, that sort of previews how you should bet that game. We have aspirations of doing that. We will be doing that, um, and so. You know, to your, to your question, I'm just a big believer in the entire video spectrum, and that's how I go about my day uh, with the group that we have here in Los Angeles creating
0: content. Um, let me ask you about your bread and butter, then, now that you have this new partnership with FanDuel. Do you see any changes with presentation of horse racing down the road now throughout this partnership?
1: Yes, we do. And, 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 and I want to be super clear with what I'm about to say. Are there going to be changes? Yes. Um, but first and foremost, we have a very dedicated, loyal core. Uh, of, of horse racing viewers and betting customers that we, we want to heighten the experience that they go through in consuming horse racing through us. Um, they are a core customer base that bet almost $3 billion a year through our horse racing betting app. I need to make sure you heard that right. That's 3 billion with a B. Um, we have a phenomenal customer uh, database and, and, and customer activity that, that makes this company a lot of money. So, so for us to turn around and change the way that we are doing horse racing, my first job is to make sure that I don't insult that core, that I don't take them down a road that, that makes them mad and gets them upset and has them bouncing, right? So first and foremost, I want to respect the core that we have, but we also have to realize there, there's a new generation, or there's a next generation, there's a big opportunity for horse racing, um, especially with the investment that FanDuel is making. We are going to be putting uh, horse racing betting odds into the FanDuel sports book at the end of this year. Um, that means when you go to FanDuel Sportsbook and you're able to bet NFL or Major League Baseball or NBA, there's horse racing that's going to be right alongside those markets that you can dip in and bet on legally. Um, and and that's something that we've worked a couple of years on to get into the product. And when we go and we do that and we launch that brand in a couple of months, I have to package up horse racing in a way that that, ent- that lowers that entry point that that allows that sports betting fan or that sports betting customer to see horse racing in a way that that doesn't scare them off and it doesn't doesn't intimidate them. Yeah, Horse racing is an intimidating sport upon, you know, first glance. It's tough whether you're looking at past performances or looking at odds that are fractions as opposed to, you know, sports betting odds or decimals. Um, It's intimidating. And so for us to package up racing in a way that resonates with those fanduel customers uh, upon their first entry into the sport is a challenge that that we're up for, that we're going to, that we're going to move towards and that we're going to launch here later, uh, later this year. Yeah, If
0: someone could simplify the education of handicapping, I think it would be a far different experience for people. It's, a, it's been a, it's been a problem that that sport has had forever. I just happened to be one of those people that had a dad that took me to the track when I was seven years old and fell in love with it. And it seems that that's yeah, the think- passed down nature of that sport.
1: Yeah. And look, and, and these sports betters, they, they haven't had that opportunity that you had with your dad, because if they did, they'd already be in my ecosystem and yeah. I already have been there. Right? But what, what I think is like if there's a single like if there's a North Star for me to sort of point out in regards to the sports betters to try to get them into the sport of horse racing, once they do get here, I need to help them win. I need to help them win. And uh, in horse Good racing, luck and with that part. This, <laughs> I know, it's hard. It's very, very hard. But, Bram, you know, it's funny how in horse racing, is a horse racing better? You and I, like, we don't bet even money shots because, you know, we just don't want to be a chalk eater. We don't want to be a guy that always favorite. But for someone that's a sports better to come in and, and get plus 100 on the favorite in a horse race and win after two minutes, like, but there's some fun for them for that. But yeah. they're so used to, like, laying minus 120 or minus 130 on the favorite in the game. And having to wait two hours for it to end, right? So, so that's that's sort of a strategy that we're going to take here early days, and trying to get the FanDuel Sports BETTER to to sort of gravitate to horse racing it's fun it's fast oh my gosh like you can get some great value with with your money and betting the favorite and the favorite wins 33 percent of the time
0: that's right yeah and and there is no football game where you're getting five to one on the underdog unless they're a 14 point underdog and you got to wait three hours to find out if that actually is going to happen or not um okay let me ask you a broad question then all right so here we are we're in this space the supreme court is overturned things states are turning Uh, We are getting more and more and more incorporated gambling content that's out there. As you are watching the rights holders right now, what is your expectation with inclusion of gambling content into the linear broadcasts or, well, not even linear anymore, but the major broadcasts of the games that we're watching?
1: Yeah. So the the rights holder, by the way, the right, the sports rights landscape is, is something I do have my eye on it and, and, and I do. You know, I do I do follow how the leagues um, and even even tertiary sports, the long tail, of the, the sports out there. I see how all that's unfolding. Right. We have some some very, you know, we have some you know, respectable uh, media entities out there. that are specialists in the space Comcast and Disney, you know, uh, Viacom, Turner, you know, you even have new entrants into the space buying sports rights uh, like Apple and Amazon. But those are all companies that I cannot compete with. Um, and and nor, nor do I have aspirations of competing with in any way, shape or form in in going after those rights. Um, that's expensive. Um, that, that's something that they, they're experts in. Um, so I need to, I need to, I guess, assumably stay in my lane and that's the betting lane, right? We're the biggest betting business in the country. And, and I need to, I need to have, you know, our linear television network be a marketing tool for our betting company. Not necessarily a media entity that's trying to compete with ESPN. I mean, You know, headline, I I will say this about myself. I I am not set up to compete against those big boys. Uh There's no way that I could I could do that. Um, uh, But, you know, I I do think that that we are making something that is an innovator in the space when it comes to betting content. Um, And that's everything that we're doing within the FanDuel TV ecosystem.
0: Uh, Well, let me ask you this then in the future, based on what the revenue streams are of FanDuel and, and what the current revenue streams are of ESPN. Is that gap not closing do you not see a day by which like where you're working you're not saying right now we're the underdog but you potentially are on an even plane with someone like that
1: yeah look i am not going to comment i guess on espn sub demonetization right how they make money from okay the advertising world as well right yeah. i mean obviously they, they make a ton of money and and they do a phenomenal job as do yeah as does fox and as does comcast right so Uh, you know, I I can talk to you about our betting business and that we're very bullish that we're going to continue to grow at at the pace that we're growing at. Um, I, I, I feel FanDuel is in a phenomenal position. We're, we're number one in the market and we're, we're number one by, you know, by two poles, if I can give you a horse racing, uh, (laughs) uh, term, um, you know, to have 51% market share, uh, in the sports betting space in which there's 50 different operators out there, like that's a phenomenal place for us to be in, and, and, and we're not letting up. We continue to put our you know, foot on the gas. Um, we have a phenomenal management team. We have a, a great strategy. We have some really good vision. Um, we feel that we're making right decisions for the long term. Uh, we feel that we are very customer-centric and that we, we are fair and, and, and do, do right by our customers. At the same time, we're competitive in the space, right? And, and we have a phenomenal parent company in Flutter who is very, very supportive for what we're doing here in the U.S., um, and, and whether it's sports betting or daily fantasy or iGaming or, you know, online casino or horse racing or content, right? We, we, we have aspirations of continuing to grow all five of those verticals uh, within our portfolio.
0: OK, last thing, because we've had a lot of discussions with a lot of groups that are in this space and it's still um, very Wild Westy because some jurisdiction will finally change their law and then all of a sudden everyone swoops in and does customer acquisition and in other places they're in retention. You have talked openly here, how much you value the audience you already have, and you are seeking to grow that audience in these other spaces. Um, what is your experience so far in watching this acquisition? Is there a large group of people that can be acquired into sports gambling or are those core people truly the kind of, uh, I would say the, what's the word for it? The majority of what you're trying to serve here.
1: Yeah. Look, uh, in regards to acquisition or acquiring customers, um, I would say my experience has been uh, on on the online horse racing uh, side for 20 years. And we have found that uh, TVG, once we acquired customers, like they were very loyal to us and, and they had a single platform and, and, and they, 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 re- they were either our customers or they were not our customers. And, and that was a pretty solid base you know, for two decades. Um, and, and we found that, that you know, maybe there were some days that we weren't perfect. Um, despite us not being perfect, uh, those customers were loyal and they, they were very vocal that we were not perfect. They told us that we sucked, right? But at, at the same time, they didn't drop their account and they didn't bounce from us, um, which was great. We love to have that loyalty what we're seeing in, in regards to the acquisition space and the sports betting um, space is that the loyalty is not uh, as strong as it is in the horse racing land and that people have multiple accounts. Um, and that if you, if you do have a misstep or you don't treat them right, or you give them a bad experience, they will bounce pretty quick. They'll bounce, yeah. you know, very, very easily. And, and, and we have some viable competitors out there that are, they have, they have some up offers and some promo codes and some free money to give customers, <laughs> Um, that at times are, are, are more lucrative to what we're giving out, um, but we think we're pretty smart in, in what we offer and, and, and when we make those offers. Um, again, we're here for the long term. We're not here to, to, to scoop up a bunch of customers and have them for a season or a month or a week. We're, we're trying. We're trying to get customers for life um, because we are going to be here for the long term. And, and, and how we go about acquiring those customers is going to be in that spirit.
0: Kevin Grigsby is the senior vice president of television at FanDuel, executive content producer for their pair of ventures, FanDuel TV, which was formerly the TVG network and FanDuel Plus. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hey, Bram. Uh, Thanks so much. Uh, Look forward to hearing your calls uh, with the Washington commander.
0: On the next Future Sport podcast. Speaking of live television, we check in on how it's produced and what content providers want their operator to provide. Sony and Grass Valley uh, really
1: recognize that and develop um, quite a few different systems that were really
0: made to fit. And when I say made to fit, um, you know, fitting the right lens, the correct big lens that you would see at a live sporting event. That's Nick Garvin, COO of Mobile TV Group, which is producing all over the country with all the modern bells and whistles. That'll do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.